Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com, that's K-O hyphen F-I.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here with author and teacher Holly Lyle. And today's topic is something that you guys have been asking for uh, partially because you've been wanting more worksheets and also a few of you guys have asked about this. So we are doing a 30-minute world-building workshop. Holly put this together over last week and uh, we're very excited about it. So before we go into the topic though, we're gonna discuss our last couple of weeks uh, because we did have two weeks off. I don't know, Holly, if you're doing one week or two, but I'm definitely doing two. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so we're starting with me? Okay. Yeah, we always start with you. All right. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't had enough coffee yet this morning, so um, <laughs> give me a little, little, you know, just elbow room here to get my head going because damn um so the previous week i did great i got about six thousand words on my fiction um i got a bunch of stuff done on the how to write a novel bonus uh but it's still not done and this week uh and that was all on the ohio novel um which oh god i'm so excited about and last week i got less i got about two thousand words on the Ohio novel, which was about, I wanted six. Uh, so that was, <laughs> so I was about 4,000 words short last week. Last, oh, but you got, you did get words though. I, I did, I did. But I last every, week was just a rough Oh my God, week. last week was brutal. And there's, there's exciting stuff going on and it's good stuff, but, um, it has just been absolutely chaotic to my work, and it's going to get worse before it gets better, which makes my <laughs> participation in the summer of fiction writing problematic at best. Um, <laughs> I have been showing up when I can, but we are just we are just neck deep in chaos, and we're going to be underwater in chaos for a little while, and I'm yeah, tired. Yeah, but this is, I think this is perfect because it shows people that you can still get stuff done. You might not reach that goal that you had that that big goal mm -hmm. but you still show people like hey i can still get shit done even though we're doing so and so yeah yeah well and i did i got button chair every single day that i was supposed to have button chair i got words every single day i got work done on my revision um actually i got nine chapters done on my revision last week so yeah that was great. a significant step yeah that was that was a big deal because prior to that um, I had uh, started in, I had done it wrong, and so I reprinted the first part of the manuscript and I started back in again. And I'm doing it doing it the right way this time, um, which <laughs> is the accelerated version of how to, to revise your novel. Um, so it's the seven day he Pretty crash. much, it's, it's okay. kind of like that. It's not either, it's just the process. Yeah, because it's gonna take you more than seven days. Oh God, yeah, because this is, the, the seven day revision 
is after you have already revised once and you get back stuff from your editor and your editor says, okay, we need these changes and we need it by this date for you to get this big author slot. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, was designed for a pretty specific situation, but it is, there are things that even if you're doing the first revision through, you can do to speed it up a whole lot. So that's the, my example for, example for this. And aside from that, it has been a very good couple of weeks, but oh my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and you put together the worksheet that we're doing today. Yeah, I did that too. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my two weeks, my two weeks, I got, um, my language, the base of my language done, the foundation, which is many, many, many pages and, uh, like physical pages written down in the, in the little binder that I have. And then, um, many more words in Scrivener. Um, I have no idea. Okay. So like in your, how to create a language course, Mm -hmm. you talk about Alaskans having multiple words for snow, or at least the, the, um, indigenous people in the area, the Inuits, right? They have multiple words for snow. Um, and I always thought that was so cool. So I'm working on this and working on this and then I, I write down magic and then I write down, well, you know, there's this kind of magic and then there's that kind of magic and then and then I and then I go on and on and on and on and on <laughs> and and on and I right now I don't even have the finished number of words for magic. But while I was writing like I finished the page and I kept going back to it, and by about the third time that I had gone back to the page to write another kind of magic down, I was like, oh my god, it's like snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, because where there's, yeah, there's this this kind of snow that will carry your weight as you walk across it, and there's a different kind of snow that's powdery, and there's a kind of snow that's sticky and that you can make stuff and build stuff with, and there's a, there, and it's, and there's a kind of snow that covers stuff that's underneath that if you step on it it will kill you and <laughs> yeah and that's that's that is when there is snow for for like when snow is your life it's not just snow right you you have to be able to ha- communicate what it is that you want that particular snow for so it's the same thing with magic with Fulton Hills magic is a huge part of that world and it isn't just magic. You know, there's specific kinds of magic that you would use in specific situations. There's, you know, there's specific conditions which limit you and you have to, to use a specific kind of magic because of those limitations. So that was, that was an interesting find when I was building up the language. Then um, also last week, I did get into the culture building. So I started into the culture clinic and what's cool is as you work on your culture, you start, it's like a hand in hand kind of thing because as I was working on the language, you come up with these different concepts and they don't have terms in English. And that's, that's like kind of the whole point of one of the, one of the parts of how to create a language clinic. And it, and it teaches you, like, um, you can turn these things into concepts. So I did that. And then I also came up with a whole bunch of 
ideas for the culture because of certain ways that certain words they have certain you know terms and stuff so I, I would write and and find out more about my culture which was fascinating and then as I'm going through the culture clinic I'm coming up with new words so it's it's really really neat because um, I did the the first culture vignette which you are supposed to do about a culture in the real world I was like ah fuck it that's boring I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my noho but I ended up doing um, I don't know if I, I don't think I've talked about this with anybody but you yet but I have the the Nohoro Odsara is my Indian my Native American my indigenous people because apparently you know they're Different ones like to be called a different thing. Right. Um, the noho like to be called noho. So the nohoda otsara is my, you know, Native American indigenous people culture. The yaktaknak came in from them. They were a pacifist tribe that was being taken over by other tribes out in, you know, the land that were moving in on their territory. And they were pacifists. And they would not fight, and they were getting slaughtered. So they ran across the NoHo and asked them for basically safety and protection. And so they brought them in, and all of this history is going to be, you know, in their little bits and pieces eventually. But um, they brought them in, so the cultural vignette turned out to be a NUC instead of just a NoHo. It was like the, the NoHo NUC. So that that was neat because I wasn't intending that, and I found out some stuff about like how because uh, I already had like their dialogue and stuff. Oh, cool! Because um, of the language, mm-hmm. but oh, it, I, I don't know. I'll just I'll I won't <laughs> keep going on about this because I could go on about it forever. Like last week when we had my the week off for my birthday, I talked to mom for like an hour, if not more, just about the language and and the culture and stuff and. Yeah, I could go on forever. Oh, yeah, and and, and we're both that. nerds on this, but this shit is yeah. so addictive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to say, like, when I had started to create the wear language in 2006, I think, um, I was doing it more out of, like, an obligation, kind of, because to me they would have their own language, but I never really got into it. I didn't get that far into it. I didn't, you know, get nerdy into it. But with this, because I guess because it's Fulton Hills, I completely and utterly lost myself in this language. Like, I want somebody else to be able to speak it so that we can speak it together. I want other people to be able to speak. Like, like I want it to be a real language. I want us all to talk in this. And I, <laughs> I just fucking love this shit. And... If you haven't done it before, it doesn't, it might not sound that fun, but it is amazing. And it really does do what you say in the clinic where it brings you closer to your people. It creates a kind of intimacy with these fictional people that mm-hmm. adds another depth to, to what you understand about them. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, the, um, the th- I think the thing that people don't, most people don't realize is that language defines culture and it defines what people are capable of thinking and and so it limits 
and it expands based on concepts that can only exist in that language because those are the people who thought of it. It's yeah. Oh my god! What we'll have to do, yeah. what we'll have to do is if you guys are interested in us doing like a mini on the language or even just a a full episode or whatever on language, you know, and I can share some of mine, you can share some of yours, what you have, and um, just let us know, and we'll we'll do an episode on language, because we could talk about this forever. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, we I demonstrated. Did, <laughs> I did want to say, I did really want to say, though, that last week, I got jack shit done, um, because, you know, it was supposed to have Tuesday and Wednesday off. To spend time with my husband. I figured we were going to go do a natural lazy river that's three hours away that has like manatees and turtles and occasional dolphins and shit. I figured that was probably it. Nope. Nope. I had, and he wasn't even going to tell me until I had people arriving at the house. But I kind of would have noticed when we had to empty out the den (laughs) and tear up the floor. I'd be like, hmm, I wonder what we're doing. (laughs) So my husband, I've been bitching and complaining because of all of my rescue animals. Um, I, I, I've, I've had some accidents on the floor. Let's, and, and when you have cats, they barf and, and all of this good stuff. So I've had this nasty freaking carpet forever. And he, for my birthday, finally bought me tile. And he spent more than he should have because he bought all matching tile Instead of us using the tile that my friends gave us, he bought all this beautiful matching tile for the for the den and the dining room. And then my friends show up. And Brian, the one who made the t-shirt for us, uh, the paper people suck, yeah. he showed up. His wife showed up. And a friend of ours, uh, Grizzly, he's a, a fellow biker, he showed up. And we all just freaking worked basically for like well, Brian was there every single day and uh, Brandy and Grizzly showed up a couple uh, of the days and I think it was like three or four days total that we were all just working yeah. on this freaking place I mean that's that's it was a lot of work it yeah was, but I you just, learned how to lay tile that's so yep. cool yeah and Brian made sure that I laid tile in each of the in each of the rooms, and <laughs> Tony let me screw in the wood to replace the damage because we had water damage as well in the floor, and it was like the carpet when we pulled it up, we found out that the carpet was literally the only thing keeping us from falling, falling in. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. We had really bad water damage, and the water damage was just from a leaking pipe that was just old. Yeah. But I now have a beautiful, amazing new tile floor. And if you are following me on Instagram or Facebook, I am sorry for the tile spam, but <laughs> it happens. You are the only person in the planet on the planet who has ever committed tile spam. Oh, this is. Oh, I doubt it. But no, I, I definitely am tile spamming people. I know they're tired of seeing it. Last night I did like two. And also, uh, last night, I'm sitting down, hear a cat barf, stand up that it's on my tile floor and I throw my arms in the air and I go yes because I, I have to be the only person that's ever been happy that a cat barfed because it was on the tile floor and it's like bitch easy cleanup <laughs> best birthday gift <laughs> yeah so um, I had to tile spam 
the podcast as well. And just, I have to say, I, I, I had an amazing time because my friends made laying tile fun. We had, I, I know I had a blast. I feel bad for Brian because he did like 90% of the tiles. Uh-oh. And Tony was just up and down cutting tile, uh, running around. And Brandy and I did all the grouting, and she laid a couple, uh, like some of the tile too. So I mean, they just—I had a blast with them. They made laying tile fun. That's friends, though, man. Yeah, yeah. And those aren't just friends. That's that's like Brandy said, like we're family. You're stuck with me. You're stuck (laughs) with us, whether you like it or not. And it's like if they showed up on their days off to do physical labor. (laughs) Yeah really really pretty intense physical labor yeah they're they're good people yeah no shit so i had an amazing birthday and (laughs) it was a lot of work but it was a lot of fun um so yeah let's get into this 30 minute world building workshop before i talk more about my new tile (laughs) and make this the tile podcast (laughs) or or more about language building yes (laughs) yes yes okay Um, What we are going to do is Holly has done her language or (laughs) see, I'm stuck on language. Holly has done her world building for her Ohio series. I have done nothing because we wanted to do it where one person has an idea for their world building and they do the work, they do the 30 minute building world shop. Mm -hmm. And then one person has zero idea. And they build from scratch. Yeah, so she's, she's going to be doing hers live. Yeah. We might cut down some of the the time that, uh, you you know, the silence where I'm waiting. We will cut down the silence where you're waiting for me to, to finish writing ideas down or whatever. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you guys, uh, Holly is going to read the intro. Yes. So, yeah, to, right. to the worksheet. Right. Be it, okay. And and the worksheet is um, on the alone in a room with invisible people. Wor- alone with invisible people dot com. Yeah. It is free. You don't have to put in an email. You don't have to do you know give us some sort of blood sacrifice. You just go to the website, <laughs> go to the link, and it will be right there. Right. To download for free. And right. And download for that. free and you can share for free. You can't sell it, but you can share it. So, yeah. Um, okay. And the reason I am reading the intro is that I know that there are some people who are not going to want to do the worksheets. They're just going to want to play along with us as we do this. Um, but so what I said in the intro is important. So I want to read it now. Okay. And it is this, the world, the real world, just as it is right now is an amazing, fascinating, weird place full of still unknown number of species you have never seen, people you can't understand because of language, culture, religion, or way of life, and places unlike any place you've ever been. So why, if the world remains full of wonders, does so much fiction lack any sense of wonder, of excitement, amazement, disbelief, or surprise? Simple answer. Most writers take write what you know to the brutal extreme of write only what you know well in the exact situation in which you know it because it's already happened. Fiction is not reporting what is. Fiction is asking what if. And then following what if into places you would not dare go in the real world. 
Writing fiction that will enchant your reader first demands that it enchant you. So this is a quick lightweight tour through how you build places that create a sense of wonder that will enchant you as you write. Onward. Very cool. I love that. Uh, when I read that, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, that's me copying Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left. I was like, metal. <laughs> I'm a dork. Yeah, that's, that's how dorky we are as writers, is that I'm reading that and I'm thinking, metal, hardcore, that's awesome. But it's not. It's like, it's, you know, it's it's just, I guess you get passionate about different things being a different person. Yeah. And um, again, I'll bring up Brian. We were talking uh, this weekend, or, fuck, I, my, my brain is just just mush when it comes to days right now. We were talking this week and he was telling me about these stories he wrote. And everything he would say, I would look, oh, my God, that's so sad. Or, or, oh, that was about this this person. He's like, no, I just made it up. He does that thing naturally where he goes to places where you wouldn't want your brain to go. You know, so he not only writes about stuff that never happened and that never, that he never dealt with, Mm -hmm. but then he brings it to places where you wouldn't want it to do. And I find like that can be very difficult for people. A lot of people that want to be writers or a lot of people that are writers don't do that kind of thing. And it can be very hard. Yeah. And, and some do it automatically. Matt does it automatically. He, he lives in the worst case scenario. Yeah. He can always extrapolate to how bad could this be? And then how could it be worse? And yeah, well, I mean, if people read your books, they see that. Yeah, I do that too. The Lost in Space re- remake that came on Netflix, they definitely did that. Mm-hmm. They definitely did a very good job of, especially during that first episode, is like, holy shit, what the fuck else is going to go wrong? Holy crap. You know? Mm-hmm. And I personally do have a little bit of a problem with that. I, I have to find myself, I, I, I really do struggle um, with creating that next obstacle. So I think that um, maybe we can do an episode on that as well. If people are interested, um, just kind of talk about, I know we've talked about conflict in the past, but maybe that's something that people would like to hear and we can talk about as a mini. Yeah, um, creating better conflict. I think that's a really good idea. Well, I think we've already done well, that. Extrapolating to the worst case scenario, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how to make things worse for your characters <laughs> continuously. Like how to be a bad person but a great writer. Yeah. That's a pretty good title. We should use yeah. that. How to be yeah, a bad we'll, person but a great writer. Yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll use that. Okay, so let's let's get into this workshop. Okay, so let me go through the logic behind the worksheets here. Um, First, keeping elements of the way the real world works allows you to create fiction that feels real and livable. That is, um, you know, the (laughs) doors work, um, gravity works, things like this. This, if you have things that people understand and people know, it grounds them into the fiction. The next thing is that making small changes and extrapolating the effects of those changes um, allows you to create relatable, compelling, I could be there 
or I could be that character rather, magic. Um, and and I'm not talking about writing fiction here. I am talking about, or I'm not talking about writing fantasy here, where where there is actual magic. The magic that I am referring to is this connection between you and your reader, um, where the reader goes, oh, I could be that character. I understand how, if this worked that way, that that could be me. And it pulls the reader into the story. It makes it understandable that that you could live in this world with these little changes that still change everything. And finally, this process is the opposite of what I call Swiss Army Knife superpowers, where you have, okay, Superman is the perfect example yeah. of of the Swiss Army Knife superpower. He but. can fly, he can, he, he has laser beam eyes he's bulletproof um he is kryptonite was something i think they threw in at the last minute just to give him sort of a semi-weakness and even that you know he can he can move back time by flying backwards around the world really yeah. really fast um you know to go back and save lois there's there is nothing he can't do and that sucks that makes him yeah. a horrible horrible character batman on the other hand has no superpowers whatsoever. He has mon his money is his superpower. Yeah. Uh, money and a guy with really good tech skills. So <laughs> Batman gets his ass kicked routinely, gets hurt. I love Batman. I have loved Batman since I was six years old, but we'll move into that to another time. Um, Batman, uh, especially in the Dark Knight series, is is constantly getting hurt constantly getting beat up constantly just just having shit happen to him and getting clobbered and his tech keeps him alive but things just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse until he drags his way claws his way out of trouble an inch at a time bleeding and bruised and hurt and in pain and he still wins. And my God, when Batman wins, you go, yeah, he earned it. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for, is you want your character to earn the win. And to earn the win, you have to kick the shit out of your character multiple, multiple times in horrible, terrible, mean ways before that character gets to win. And then it isn't a magic win. It is in spite of magic that works against the character, the character uses skill and intelligence and just, just damn persistence to claw through everything to save whatever, to save their, their love, to save the world, to save the cat, to save what matters to them. It's usually saving Gotham. <laughs> yeah, well, for Batman. <laughs> yeah, in Batman's case, it's usually saving Gotham. See, my my question and my problem with this is like even watching um, uh, the Flash or the Green Arrow or Batman is like, why the fuck do people live in these cities? Yeah, <laughs> just fucking move. Yeah, don't live in Star City or Starling City. Don't live in don't live Gotham. Gotham. Don't live in Central City. Yeah, just sure as shit. Move. Don't live in Metropolis. No. Yeah. <laughs> get the hell out of there. Uh -huh. Good Lord. Okay. So let's get into the first part of the worksheet. Okay. So worksheet page one, the question that we are going to ask first is what three things act the same in your world 
as in this world. This is places, people, creatures, physics, anything is fair game. You, game. you have to find three important things in your world, the world you are building, that act the same as in this real world right here, right now. Okay? Okay. And because I knew the first question and the second question, because I looked at them last night, um, I didn't think of anything until you started talking about Batman, and then I just wrote them down. Because <laughs> I've heard the Batman thing since I was little. Yes. Um, <laughs> Seriously, I am a big Batman groupie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had... Uh, I definitely didn't have Adam Wee, <laughs> Adam West on my on my wall. Oh well, but I had no. I had um, uh, Michael Keaton on my wall. I had Val Kilmer on my wall. Yeah. So I still have that Val Kilmer poster. Yeah. Well, I just loved the Dark Knights comics. My three is weather. So like I have all the all four seasons. I have day night. Those are regular. Um, currency still works the same, money and trade. Okay. And relationships. So, like, love, hate, friends, you okay. know, et cetera. Those, right. those three still work the same. All right. Um, now, I mean, are those good? Are those not, oh, not? Sure. I, those, don't, I don't know. Yeah, those, those are fine. Okay, so give me your first one again. Weather. Okay. Weather is good because weather creates limitations. You can have tornadoes and, and. Yep. Um, uh, volcanoes and uh, storm, ice and snow and yeah, because they freaking... have all four seasons and they have day and night, so it's not like Alaska where you know you have so many days of of nothing but day and then so many days but nothing of night. Yeah, so yeah, but but when you're that far north, you do have long nights during the winter and you do have long days during the summer. So that's that's a nice thing. Um, okay, so what I've got for the first one is the whole world um, visible to and lived in by most people is mundane and today. No magic, no surprises. Um, and I am doing this from my Ohio novels, my the Ohio series that I am building right now. So this is really important um, that that for almost everybody, almost everywhere, the world you see where you are right now is all that anybody thinks there actually is. Um, okay, and then are you ready to do your action example for weather? I, what, you didn't mention an action example. Okay, Sorry. that's the second part of the question, which is, okay, one, you give an action example, and I will give you an action example. Yeah. For my the whole world visible to lived in by most people is is mundane and today no magic no surprises. My action example of that is folks shop at Walmart or at the mall. They go to jobs they love or hate. They're born. They live their entire lives and die, never seeing anything they can't explain, in quotation marks or explain away. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of people explain ghost stuff explain away. Explain away. Yeah, that's a big. Well, one. mine. My example was like they have all four seasons, so they have summer, winter, spring, and fall, because not all places do. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida, uh, Georgia, <laughs> technically we don't really have a winter so much as a fall, or we'll have a have a very short winter, and yeah. we have a very long summer and a long spring. Yeah. Um, the They have day and night, so it's not, it's not like Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, we do have longer summers. 
or longer days during the summer and longer nights during the winter. But that's, you know, it's, and, and again, this is just from scratch. So I'm working with weather as, as in more North Carolina-ish weather okay. than where I am right now. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we have to do an action example for the number two as well, mm-hmm. right? While I am giving my number two thing, what was your number number two question or, or answer rather? Uh, currency. So money and trade. Money, money and trade work. Okay. While you are doing, writing down your action example for how that matters, um, I am going to say that people have ordinary jobs and ordinary technology. And my action example for that is this, mm. computers work. The internet exists. Cars are the primary means of transportation in the area where, in, in Ohio. Um, people go to work, they return home, they flop on the couch to watch TV. They have cell phones and computers. Okay. Mine is that um, people still have jobs, they work for money, they use money to purchase things or services, and people trade their services for things or other services so it's it's just it's very simple Mm -hmm. my third one is small towns in flyover states are mocked by people in densely populated urban (laughs) areas and on the coasts and this is something that if you grew up in ohio uh, or if you grew up in the midwest anywhere or down south anywhere that is not a big urban area you are used to being if you live in a small town um the butt of jokes from people who are from the city. Um, However, my action example of this is that populations pour out from the center to coastal cities and the south uh, to warmer regions, which we're seeing, you know, in the real world right now, uh, people are moving from the north to the south and they're moving west to the coast or east to the coast. um, And the areas in the center of the country are becoming somewhat less densely populated as as people migrate. Um, so that's that is my third kind of real world example. Okay, what's yours? Uh, mine was relationships. So um, you know, people fall in love. They they fall out of love. They you know they hate. They you know they fight. They they have friends. They hang out and just do stuff like friends do i mean it's it's just the relationships always you know they still have that base where they work the same yes okay all right now okay once we have determined the things in our fictional world that are primary and essential and that work the same way in our fictional world as they work in the real world now we're going to find three things that work differently. And the question here is, what if three things uh, act differently in your world than in this world? This is, again, places, people, creatures, physics, anything is fair game, okay? And while Becky is writing down her first one, uh, and probably her second and third ones, and then figuring out her extrapolations later, I'm going to give you my first one. And my first one is, what if? Small holds magic that big cannot. And my example for this is transfer and trade magic requires a low population density and a stable environment over a long period of time to establish secure trade routes and not break the magic. Okay, that is my rule one. Okay, 
Becca, where are you on this? Okay, so I've got... Um, I actually got all, all three of mine done. Oh, you kick ass. Yeah, because I, I started figuring them out early a little bit earlier. So, magic surges through weekly at first, but the world... Uh, the the issue is that would come with this world is that it starts getting a little bit faster. Okay, and it starts surging daily. But oh, so we, you, when you meant weekly, you you did not mean W E A K L Y. You meant no. W E E K L Y. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Every week. So magic. There is a magic that surges through the world every week. That that is that is their normal, and then you know I, I added the conflict that it's going to start surging through every day. Ooh. You don't know what's going on. Ooh, pulsing magic—that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an, your example? An ex- okay. Well, show me your example. Okay, my example on that was transfer and trade magic. My my overall was small holds magic that big cannot. Right. Right. And but then, I. Um. It, we have to do an action example for that. Well, it's an example. It's but okay. okay I guess weekly actually is a pretty good example. That well, I was going to say because I, I mean it kind of shows, it kind of shows through. Plus part, um, my second one works with the, my second and my third works with the first one. Okay, all right. They all kind of tie in. Okay, so my second what if is what if old construction is magic friendly and new construction isn't. My example of that is knob and tube electric, which is basically two-wire electric, versus three-wire systems, lathe and plaster, old wood and uh, plaster versus sheetrock, um, brick, stone, or wood versus concrete, where the things that, the, the, the ways that people build house, built houses in the past differ vastly from the way things are built now. And the construction materials then were natural materials and the construction materials now have a lot of um, new, not new manufactured things like plastics in them and and stuff that people have made that just didn't grow in the world. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, my two is technology is different. Uh, because it doesn't always work because of the magic surges. So an example is, is just like when, it, it, because at first everybody knows when the magic surge comes in, it, they would know to shut off all the breakers in their house. Because somebody who mo- might move in and not know about the magic surges, everything in their house is going to fry. Oh. Or if they're on a cell phone, it'll start going wonky. Or if they're listening to, you know, like... um some kind of satellite radio or something it, it's going to start getting really creepy you know i think i think the creepiness might be really really cool oh that you know, would maybe, be awesome yeah maybe they 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 can hear world like voices from other dimensions or maybe they can hear the voices of the dead or, or something like that I you know maybe never maybe, listening to the radio in your world yeah yeah <laughs> maybe maybe it's just like if uh not everything blows but maybe during the magic surges they the if somebody's watching um like a tv or or they're on their computer maybe the dead start talking to them through it or the dead people show up or they turn it into like if they're looking in in oh man 
I'm getting really excited about this now. Oh my god, so am I. This is cool. This is yeah. creepy as shit, but it's cool. Yeah, I didn't mean to make it about dead people, but everything with me is always cryptids and ghosts, and that's yeah, it started. It's, yeah, magic surge. Wow, that's that's damn. Okay, so my third one is: What if reality includes the whole rest of the universe? And a handful of our folks connect to that. And my example for that is for the last 3,000 years, humans have been trading with people from other worlds, other realities, in real time, in person, without ever going anywhere. And I have established not in the worksheet the way that they do that. That's cool. That's cool. Because I know that you've got a lot of trading going on. Mm-hmm with the dead grandmother when well when she was alive but right um mine was uh, oddly enough it was also a trade and i didn't even look at your shit i didn't even look at your um your stuff but i mentioned like money and trade still works Mm -hmm. but i wanted to to add a twist on that okay so people trade down services um magic services so when the power surge comes in people have learned how to like basically kind of collect like charge batteries so they've they've learned how to charge things and they either use their own magic abilities for other people and use that as trade or they will trade the magic that they have charged for other things oh that's cool yeah so magic itself becomes kind of a part of the currency the regular currency still works, but magic is a part of that. That is absolutely cool. I love. Damn that. it! Now I want to write shit in this fucking world, <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not Fulton Hills, but. <laughs> <sighs> well, but it's a to- it's a social. Let me try that again. It's associated with Fulton Hills, and you can certainly bring in people from it and put them into the Fulton Hills stories because there's. There's yeah, I'm gonna of... use this in maybe Nuda, or um, Crystal Falls. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. So I was I was building from scratch, but I really like the idea of the technology with the dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, the technology of the dead. <laughs> well, the te- technology <laughs> that the magic surges turns into a way for the dead to to talk and or haunt the living oh that's just that is seriously creepy i i love it i wouldn't want to ever live in your world no (laughs) and i would kind of like to live in mine (laughs) okay Okay. so what's the next part okay so we're now on to uh the third page of the worksheets and the question here is why do the elements that act differently in your world act that way now we're giving examples okay so my example one relates back to my example one question, um, which was what if small towns hold magic that big towns cannot? Okay, my example is establishing trade connections requires deep ground, lack of environmental variance and permanent surroundings. At bare minimum, a basement and 100 years. And the town that this is set in has houses that have been there since the 1880s. Um, and it has, the, the houses have basements, they're built up on high ground. Um, it's, it's a town that has been there for a really long 
time in in U.S. by U.S. standards. Okay, you know, yeah. now, you, you guys over in England, I understand. Uh, you know, you 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 are yeah, mocking at the UK. idea, mocking yes. the idea of the hundred year old house. But around here, yes. you know, that's that's deep ground for us. Yeah, when my Aussie <laughs> friend came and um, visited, she's like. I want to see like some some of the old stuff because you know America you, you got all these old things I'm like girl no we're the same as Australia yeah you know you guys have been around about the same amount of time as us yeah well you know <laughs> east coast a little longer but you know those yeah. of us in the middle mm, yeah, not so but, much but not much you know it's, right. it's honestly we have not been here that much longer than Australia right not long enough to be it's like you want to see that shit go to England exactly you know? yeah I, I that is one of the places where I really want to visit in my life just because me too always have my whole life yeah, but, I, but but we're different I want to go to the haunted areas yeah well you're crazy <laughs> Um, okay, so how how what am I supposed to come up with for magic surges through um, weekly? Okay, you, you're you're just answering the the question. Why does it do this? What what about your world makes creates magic surges? Okay, so this is where you're making shit up. This is big time MSU. Okay, well we've already established that Fulton Hills has a magic leaking problem. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to have for whatever town, it's probably going to be Nuda or Crystal Falls, um, whatever town that I have that is dealing with these surges is going to be, I think, butted up against a natural mineral or something that acts as a natural barrier to the magic. So the magic is so strong that it's building up against the barrier but once it overflows it creates that surge oh nice so something is increasing the amount of magic which is causing the surges to pulse out faster eventually yes and what i think is going to happen is um we'll have to I, i have to establish in fulton hills why the magic starts increasing because it does do that in Fulton Hills. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you know, we'll we'll figure out what's going on there. But um, because it is, and again, it's leaking. And this is actually helping me figure out the end of the series as well, which I have always kind of wondered how this is going to work out. But because obviously they want to stop the magic from leaking. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that's a weird yes. kind of toxic waste. It is. It is. It's. <laughs> but it's. I, I do like the idea of there being a natural mineral mineral that stops the magic, and so that this place is dealing with the surges coming through, and and then there's that just increase where it's coming through daily, and then yeah. So. So okay. I so the, the, I just want to clarify what you're doing in my head. So you're looking at maybe something valuable in the current world that that's maybe being mined out of the ground or something and as it's being removed the barrier is decreased or no no no. okay there is just some kind of natural so i don't i'm studying minerals right now i'm studying crystals and rocks and uh stuff for the magic in fulton hills anyway okay so that's why my mind goes to this 
And so there is just a natural kind of, it, it's like the tectonic plates there, you know, in our, in our underground. Right. And um, in Fulton Hills, they have these areas in, and it's just in Fulton Hills. It's not in the entire Fulton County. Um, but they have these basically like big circles of areas that have a specific kind of magic that is stronger in that area, which I've mentioned before. Right. And so that is normal, but the magic is also leaking. So these other towns are, are basically dealing with different kinds of magic leaking out and create it. And, and it, since it doesn't have the same, the same basic structure as Fulton Hills, it creates different effects. It creates different cryptids. It creates different magic effects. So the one magic effect in this this smaller town is going to have to be surges because they have this barrier where they originally no one else was dealing with magic. And then it started leaking and everybody was dealing with magic except for this town. And then this town started getting the surges of magic. And it, it would have been maybe like once a month. And then now it's for a regular amount of time, it's been weekly. Because it just, there is, there is something that is holding the magic at bay, but then the magic just is too much and it gets through the barrier and they have that surge. Okay, cool. So it's not that the barriers are being eroded in any way. It's just that the amount of magic is increasing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like a tide. Cool. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So then I guess that takes me to... Uh, my second example, uh, and the second question was, what if old construction is magic-friendly and new construction isn't? Okay, my example for number two is man-made construction materials contain compounds not found in nature. These compounds can be can be briefly in contact with the trade environment, but over extended times would erode the magic. Okay, so this is asking why again? Yeah, and this this is how I explain how can they trade between worlds these different things that th- these different products that these worlds make, um, but the houses can't be made of these products, and that's how is that you can briefly send these things through the trade gateways, but uh, only if it's in an old house. Only if it's in an old house in in stable ground. In, and, and so this is basically you're looking at basements in places that have not changed for about 100 years. You know, longer would be better. I'm sure England has some of these places um, that it has, has older and better established trades. But, um, but Ohio has a really good one now. So for me, the technology is different. It doesn't always work because of the magic surges. So it's it wouldn't just be ghosts that that talk but because they deal with this very limited opportunity to catch magic um the technology would also so like everybody knows when the magic is coming like what day um but you know they don't know exactly what time because it's not always exactly at the same time Mm -hmm. but um i'm gonna assume that the, the why is because of this just this this overpowering it's like a tsunami of magic once a week that comes through 
And any time you're caught within, you know, this this tsunami that, that goes through, and I'm going to say it's probably a really slow-moving tsunami, so it probably lasts a couple of hours. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, you've... Y- there are going to be different things that are around the world that don't have the opportunity to connect with the people there until the magic comes through. So that's why the ghosts are constantly trying to, to take that opportunity to connect to somebody and technology because we're always on our phones. We're always on TVs. We're always on computers. They see that as the easiest way to, to get somebody. (laughs) Technology is such a huge part of our lives now that they can, they're going to try to flicker lights at somebody. They're going to try to talk to them out of a, out of maybe a fan that's blowing or, you know, any, any technology at all. So the old timers know to shut, just turn off all the breakers. Yeah. Yeah. And the noobs are talking on their cell phone and suddenly they're talking to dead people. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot wait to read this. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. <laughs> all right. Okay, uh, so my third one, um, my third question was, what if reality includes the whole rest of the universe and a handful of our folks can connect to that? Uh, so example three is the why behind that. Trade is dangerous but profitable. Trade goods include ideas, uh, simple tools, foods, textiles, art, music, products with no moving parts. Um, no working complex technology is permitted to be traded, and this is a hard, fast rule, because technology can, traders have discovered, have disruptive effects that can come back to eat them. Um, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So n- nobody is trading computers over this ancient trade route. Nobody is trading high science. They are trading things that can be made with technology, but they cannot be things with moving parts. No cell phones are going across the trades. Um, yeah, no, no bicycles are going across the trades because you don't know how somebody is going to use a bicycle in another world and, and derive some sort of scientific principle from that, that mechanized thing to create a machine to come in and take over your world. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, so this is so safety purposes. That's yeah, cool. Exactly. So no moving parts. Okay, your turn. Okay, so the why behind people trading services like for magic. So like maybe the old timers wouldn't necessarily want to um, use magic themselves because they see this slow moving tsunami of magic as as a dangerous thing. But magic in this world can also do a lot of a lot of good it's it can do a lot of evil but it can do a lot of good so a lot of people might want to trade services um for or money for somebody to come and do a blessing on their house or maybe somebody has a real problem with the ghosts and they want a cleansing you know so and also the idea of somebody not being able to do magic in this world without the surge without the the quote battery of of magical power 
um, that would probably be like gold in this world. It would probably be like diamonds in this world. So somebody who has, the people who have found a way to charge items and have those be magic would also probably be targets for thieves and but I'm I'm gonna assume that it's not too hard to charge to charge these things you just have to figure out how so th this is stuff that I just have to figure out in my head right you know but that's that's a, a writer's job right it's always how to you know figure shit out in your head but I'm assuming that you know the barrier keeps the regular magic at bay but if you have these charged items then you have that limited ability to do things so maybe they can go and communicate with that ghost that keeps trying to pop up and bother somebody and figure out what the fuck is wrong and get it to to release itself to the next the next plane of existence whatever that is yes or you know because my noho believe that in reincarnation so maybe the noho or the nucks that have moved out of fulton hills during the 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 problem the conflicts that happened there maybe they're the ones that are doing the charging and they're the ones that are trying to to help you know Nice. figure shit out in this area i don't know this yeah. is, I'm, I'm very excited about i know i keep saying that but <laughs> but this was cool i was actually coming in here just to do an absolute from scratch has nothing to do with anything and it still ended up being for another part of fulton hills yeah so yeah uh is there more to this workshop or no uh we've got one more answer um on this and then sorry for the noises guys that's my rats in the background <laughs> uh let me Okay, one, two, three. It's dangerous. Yeah, okay. So then how do you use these examples? Uh, how do you use these differences to bring wonder into your story? Because the best thing a writer can bring to fiction is that sense of wonder, that, that sense of this is a part of the world, part of life that I have never seen as a reader. And I am stepping into this thing and going, wow. Okay, this is your wow factor. So how can you use these differences to bring wonder into your story? And my example number one for how, which was, okay, again, um, let me get my sheets back in front of me. It was the small towns hold uh, or small holds magic that big cannot okay so what my example of how I can use this is I can show the traders and the trades I can show the art of the deal and how it can backfire I can introduce the magic of places unimaginable to my character and bring her into contact with people she could never have imagined and I do that fairly early in the book and um and I have a lot of fun with doing it. So uh, this is something that I have already done, is this part of this story. So go ahead. Okay, so the magic surging through, I would start it off in the book as a weekly thing, I think, still. Just the regular thing. And mm -hmm. I would have somebody in there who maybe is visiting family for, um, you know, health reasons or something like that. Or maybe they're just new. Maybe they just moved in. And... Um, they 
they don't understand what's going on, they're going to step out and everybody's lights are off and they're, they're going to be like confused because even, I mean, hell, maybe, maybe the power just goes out. Maybe the city shuts off the power during that time. But I mean, I, I would think that this is more of a, a, a libertarian town. The one that I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. they're, they're very, you do you. kind of thing it's your responsibility you deal with it yes that is that is the town that i'm thinking of is it it, they they have problems with the other towns around them which i really want to place it in nuda um (laughs) because they they they've got a bit of an arrogance to them as well (laughs) they they don't like certain people coming through their town so it, it adds a lot of conflict to the area so I think it would be better if somebody just walks out and people people aren't using their cars. People aren't going to work, they aren't coming home or whatever. The the their personal lights are off and the person is on, you know, maybe a computer and this just this, com, the computer fizzes and there is somebody looking at them on the other side of the screen and obviously this person is no longer alive or if if they are because they look alive they damn well shouldn't be or (laughs) it could be they could be just doing the the cell phone like talking to somebody outside of nuda and the the voice changes oh oh, oh, nice yeah you know something is and and i i I, I have such a sense of wonder at this right now that it's hard for me not to just say, well, duh. I mean, look, this is, this is you know, like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you, I like, I really like what you've oh. built. Man, this is oh, awesome. Well, I talked about my number two on there. That's, that's my number two. So I'll have to talk about the number one during the first one. Okay. Um, okay, so my, my number two question is, what if old construction is magic-friendly and new construction isn't? Um, my example of this is just to show the beauty and wonder of small towns, old houses, little networks of people working quietly at something amazing, at this, this little secret in this little town that is known by the police department, a couple of librarians, the various, the, the trader who is in the town, um, the, just this little group of people who need to know, who know, and this thing that they are all doing together, her, her network of suppliers, um, that are, are doing this amazing thing quietly and without any drama, you know, until drama finds them, obviously, because, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, my number one would be the magic surges through weekly. So the way to show that would be people getting the fuck out of the town during the surge. People who don't live there, um, they know what time it is. They know they got to leave. So you w- it would suddenly become kind of a ghost town. <laughs> Nuda is very small in the first place, but it's it's got a lot of trade activity. Um, and because there are certain artisans, artisans in that area. So there would be a lot of people there normally. And for this one person who's new there, they don't know what, what's going on. Um, they would also see people doing strange things because there are people there that catch the magic. So he would see them doing these ritual things to catch the magic. <laughs> I am 
this sudden image of people running around with something like butterfly nets. <laughs> that's awesome. Not going to happen, but that is fucking awesome. He would be like, what the fuck? Yes. What is this shit? Why did I move here again? Yes. And um, so it, it would also, there would also be when the magic surge actually comes through, there would be physical sensations that he doesn't understand. Cool. And he can't find other people because they're either all the lights are off, the car's not there, they're not sure, you know, what's going he he doesn't know if they're home. They maybe they don't answer during this time because they don't know if it's real or a fucking ghost. <laughs> the undead. Um or like you you get these physical sensations that are just pulsing because like I said, it takes hours for the magic to flow through. And he also the other ones that are trying to catch the magic probably have to be physically doing something with their setup to channel that magic into these items to trade. Nice. So it it basically turns into a ghost town during this magical surge and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, you can see where that would be really disturbing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, so my th- third and final what if is what if reality includes the whole rest of the universe and a handful of our folks connect to that. And my example of that is mostly to show things going unexpectedly wrong, uh, occasionally show some amazing wins in trade, but mostly show the coolness of trading concepts and information. Um, And I have done a little bit of this so far, my my main character has only done one trade, uh, has had a couple of strange things happen to her in the town, one really weird one. She doesn't even know how weird yet. Uh, she only knows a little bit of what happened to her. Cause she I'd was say unco- she's gone through a couple of weird things. Yeah. Yeah, she has. So it's, um, I am I am really, really, truly excited about this. But that is... It is a case of, of how much can you make go wrong for people? How much can you drop on top of their heads? How much can you yeah. hurt them in various new and interesting ways in order to show your world working and better yet to show it not working the way one would hope? Okay, so what's your last one? I really like this idea. So the when he bought the property there, the... Sorry, that's my dog's. <laughs> Um, the real estate agent told him, okay, well, you don't move in this day. You move in this day. And was very, 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 very specific. So he thought it was a little weird. You know, like, I can't just come in there early like I wanted to. The people are already out of the house. Nope. Nope. It has to be this day. So it's the day after the, the search. Or maybe the two days after the search. So he, he gets there, I'm just going to say the day after the search, because he is so focused on moving in, he doesn't notice all the, you know, the the shit going, sorry, I bumped my mic, the, the stuff going on around his, um, his neighborhood, he's just moving in. So, you know, maybe he has neighbors come over and help him, or they meet some people, and it's, you know, it's a nice little town, and then the, the surge happens, and he thinks he's going crazy. And the next day, he starts seeing really weird shit. 
He starts seeing people, you know, like, because there are certain limitations within the magic of Fulton Hills, but I haven't built the limitations within the magic of uh, Nuda yet. So I have to figure out how the surge changes the magic. But he starts seeing stuff that should not be. He starts seeing stuff that, you know, like, what the fuck did I just see? So <laughs> it, it really does give that sense of wonder. I, I I really think that the wonder part of this would be pretty easy. Right. <laughs> because, because you've got a new character who's never been here before. If I go with that, and if I don't, it can still, it's still this, this established stuff that starts changing because it's going to start happening every day. You know, maybe it's going to happen, you know, once a week and then and then twice a week and then three times a week, just getting quicker. <laughs> and people are not, they're caught unaware. So everybody in the fucking town starts having dead people talk to them or oh, God. fairies pop up because I've got fairies and gnomes and all this other shit in different, in different sections. Like Crystal Falls has uh, werewolves and I've already talked to you about, um, the Glass House series has gremlins. Yeah. So each town has different things. And during the surge and a little bit after would be when these things are there. Oh, so wow. This... I'm thinking the fairies are going to be little shitheads. <laughs> like the, we had that fat fairy in one episode that we were coming up with stuff. The fat fairy that yeah. only one person could see. Yes. And was fucking up her job interview. He was a dick. He was a dick. He was hilarious. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to bring him back and put him in this. Oh, that would be awesome. <clears throat> Almost knocked my coffee over. Okay. Um, so I'm going to just run through a couple of little concepts here. What if contains the real world problems, most of which will really require real world solutions? The change one thing rule allows you to pursue the consequences of that change. And keeping it simple by having small changes makes it much more relatable for your readers. You always look for ways uh, your world can hurt your characters, your change can backfire, your change can create new problems, your, your character can make mistakes, and your character can misunderstand. All of these are different ways that things can go wrong, that you can help them go wrong to make interesting conflicts. So, you know, again, that's hurt your characters, make, make the changes backfire, create, use the changes to create new problems like, like your um, increases in the amount of magical surges going through the town. Um, yeah. Characters making mistakes, characters not understanding what they're seeing, and so doing something understandably dumb. You know, understandably dangerous, thinking, okay, well, I'll just do this, and then having that backfire, and having them misunderstand what they see. Hey, you know, the power went out. That wasn't magic. That was just the power went out. No big deal. And then, you know, the ghost comes in and sits on your couch. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, things like that. You know, I, I really, I am really kind of enchanted with what you're doing with your world over there. That's, that's pretty <laughs> cool <too>. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this was pretty cool. <clears throat> so do you have anything else you want to add to that before we go to the takeaway? No, no. Um, this was, this was pretty cool. It was, it was 
more than 30 minutes for us, but if I had been doing it by myself, I think it would have fit perfectly within the 30 minutes. Yes. If, if not a little bit faster. So it just depends on how much you want to dig into your stuff. You could probably make it 15. You could probably make it six hours. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, how much are you, how much work are you putting into this? But I think looking at what I did here, I think it was probably about 20 minutes worth of work. There you go. There you so, go. Yeah. I mean, guys, free, free workshop, free download. Again, we don't take your email. We don't take. We don't ask for your firstborn, nothing like that. It's just <laughs> go just, in there, click yeah. on it, and it's 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 a download. Yeah, it's a PDF download, and you can print At it off. At alonewithinvisiblepeople.com, you go to the download page. Okay, and we are changing the format of this show because we have these really s- super long endings, and I just, we're both tired of them, and I know that the <laughs> listeners, you know, is like, okay, the the takeaway, okay, well, we're, we're gonna, you know, that's it, yay! Um, so we're just not going to do those long endings anymore. Okay. So basically if you want to follow us on social media, we are at A-I-A-R-W-I-P on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. And you can find us at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. You can email me at show at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. And if you want to find out more about supporting us, go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com slash support us that is that that'll have all of the links in there as to how to support us how to become a part of this but mostly just become a part of the community come to hollyswritingclasses.com create a free account you get free stuff and then you get access to the forums where you can talk to us and be a part of us uh a, a part of this you know writing community because not a lot of us have writers other writers in our lives so that that's that's what I want to say. So Holly, um, give us the takeaway. Okay, the takeaway this week is this: fiction is gripping, compelling, and engaging when things go wrong and your protagonist has to struggle to make things go right. So this week, spend some time hurting your character, letting your character make mistakes, and helping your character ruin his or her life. <laughs> Yeah, be a bad person, but a good writer. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We love you guys. And I can't wait to chat with you guys in the forums. Holly? Yes. We will will see you soon. And thank you so much for listening. and, And thank you so much for just hanging out with us.